Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. Uh, I'm here today, I'm your host Dave. Um, today we're going to be looking at the CBA and uh, what it could mean for the league. Um, we've also just heard the news that Tom Brady is going to leave in the Patriots, so we'll have a quick look at that as well. But uh, joining, us today, joining me today, sorry, we've got Cal. Uh, how are you, Cal? I'm very good, Dave. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, well, might as well kick straight in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you're a Steelers fan, right? Yep, yep. Long time Steelers fan. We were just uh, we were just talking. Uh, I've never known a Steelers fan without uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So this whole Tom Brady news, uh, and obviously the Eli Manning news as well, yeah. kind of freaking me out thinking about a, a Steelers team without Ben Roethlisberger. River's no longer um, a charger either. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Although, to be fair, I think that was kind of done a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I moved over to the US for a few years uh, to go to university and stuff. And uh, kind of being a Steelers fan uh, over there is probably more contagious than the coronavirus. <laughs> so there, was, there was literally no way I was coming back to the UK without being a Steelers fan. Nice. And uh, you're in the works of starting up your own podcast, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So uh, my brother and I, uh, we're launching a uh, fantasy football podcast called Fantasy Football Empire, kind of a, a take on the old British Empire thing, uh, which we should be launching in a few weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, so so you know, keep an eye out for that, and, and we'll we'll be all over Twitter and social and everything, so you'll be able to find us. Yeah, we we'll do the we we'll do the Twitter stuff at the end, and then uh, make sure everyone gets to follow you then. Um, well, it's been a bit of a weird 24 hours in the NFL, hasn't it? After It's been a nice sort of uh, escape from the other stuff. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. we might as well have a quick look at free agency. So, well, what are your reactions, like the big stuff? It's, it's manic, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. So, you're a Patriots fan, so... Yeah. It's, so, uh, let's, let's see your reaction first. Well, I'm, I'm still in shock, really, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I never thought this would actually happen. I've never really believed it until about, was it half an hour ago, uh, Tom Brady posted... That he's well, it says forever a patriot. I saw that. I thought, ah, oh, he signed, yeah. and then actually read it, and no. So it's he's built it up, and then broke my heart even more. But yeah, it's going to be very odd seeing him in either a Chargers or Bucks uniform. Yeah, so I saw that forever patriot uh, headline, and my first thing was, oh, he's retiring. <laughs> yes, that's that's a twist that like, nobody even sort of thought of. Yeah, it's but, just um, yeah, but. Reading that statement, he says he doesn't know what the future holds, uh, but it's time to open up a, a new stage for life in his career. And I just, I don't know, I still just don't see it. So I think Adam Schefter a minute ago uh, tweeted out that despite that statement, Brady still hasn't made a decision. And uh, it also came out that the books and charges had both offered him you know, 30 mil a year uh, with, with Tampa being the favorite. But I just, I really can't see Tom Brady in Bruce Arians' uh, system doing very well at all. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I still would not be surprised if he re-signed with the Patriots, which I'm sure is, is music to your ears. <laughs> well, to me, it always made more sense to like both parties all along. Like the Patriots have a, a quarterback there who knows the system, like can see them through some tough times at the moment for, as a, like, of all the Patriots on offense and. Yeah, for Brady, going on somewhere else to have to rebuild... Well, I assume he's going to go in and try and implement like his own system and style there. And To me, that seems something I wouldn't want to do at that age, sort of, at that part of his career. I don't really get it. Yeah, I mean, Tom Tom was never known for his elite arm strength. And now that he's, you know, uh, almost 
damn near 60 years old <laughs> uh, that you know that arm can only have declined so I, I just don't I just don't see him fitting in uh, Bruce Arians system and the Chargers I just like who who in the right mind sorry Chargers fans but who in the right mind goes to the Chargers right now to you know play their games in front of 500 you know fans it, it just doesn't make sense to me so what, what whatsoever so I don't know I'm still I'm still thinking and as a Steelers fan I really want Tom Brady to leave the Patriots. <laughs> I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it still. Yeah, until he's actually signed, I'm uh, not quite going to believe it, I don't think. Yeah. It's uh, exactly. a weird one. Um, well, what about some of the other big uh, moves? What, what was your thoughts when that DeAndre Hopkins trade came through yesterday? Uh, so I, I listened uh, to your free, agent, free agency sort of day one podcast before this. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's like, just mad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in fact, the, the one thing I didn't want to say is, um, and just to be serious for like two seconds, that in these sort of difficult times, it's it's kind of really encouraging to see NFL fans across the world put aside their differences yeah. and the rivalries really come together as one uh, and make it so that we can you know do these podcasts and do fancy football and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I am, of course, talking about fans being unified in their absolute hatred of Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's not many Bill O'Brien supporters out there anymore. Residents of Houston, you need to storm the facility now and just take the phone away from, from Bill O'Brien. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. If you've seen, there's uh, something going around on Twitter which just lists um, Bill O'Brien's trades over the last two seasons. Each one of them you think, oh, okay, so this is the stupidest thing he's ever going to do. And then a month later, no, he does something even more ridiculous. It, it just it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I know DeAndre Hopkins, or that there was there was rumors about that DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien didn't really see eye to eye and stuff and kind of rubbed each other the wrong way. But DeAndre Hopkins is going from a team where he was the number one, number two, number three target in the offense and Kyler Murray is is you know great I'm sure he has a very promising career ahead of him but he's not Deshaun Watson and now DeAndre Hopkins is going to a wide receiver core that's going to be himself Larry Fitzgerald uh, Christian Kirk and then you know Cliff Kingsbury loves uh, Hakeem Butler loves Andy Isabella and it just the whole thing just doesn't make sense again I just don't know what to make of it whatsoever I think that's the thing it's hard to really put together what's going to happen because it's just so odd I just don't know why the, the Texans would do it but oh, Bill O'Brien yeah and I think I think Ross was saying before he's not a David Johnson truther yeah yeah I, I completely agree with him I mean Dave, David Johnson I mean if you base this on last year David Johnson is Carlos Hyde like, not, not sure he's that good <laughs> like if you base it on last <laughs> season Oh my god, I thought I was being mean to David Johnson. Well, he lost his job to a player who got dumped by Miami, who uh, had no yep. run game, and uh, yep. he came in and absolutely stole the job away. Yeah, and he was kind of already losing his job to Chase Edmonds before that. Yeah, he's... So, it, yeah, it's... Again, it's crazy. I feel, in one way, I think DeAndre Hopkins probably has a better chance to win a championship, but um, you know, I'm being selfish. I'm only thinking about this from a, a fantasy point of view. Uh, it, it 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 doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, either either Kenny Stills will. I mean, I'm not even going to call him Will Fuller. I'll call him Will Harfer because you get half the season from him. 
Um, yeah. Or maybe the Texans can draft a wide receiver in the first round this year. Oh, wait, no, they don't have a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, maybe they, can, maybe they can draft a wide receiver to take over in the first round next year. Oh, wait, no, they don't have a first-round pick then either. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that team. Yeah. If anybody lives in Houston, go to the facility right now and just bang on the door until Bill O'Brien answers and take away the phone. He's, he's almost got to fire himself at this stage. I think he's uh, in control <laughs> of the whole franchise. Yeah, exactly. This is what happens when you give one person um, all that power. And it's not even... There's something to be said for a GM or a coach um, getting rid of players who don't buy into their system or who, you know, rub them the wrong way. But um, Bill O'Brien, to me, just hasn't accomplished enough in his career so far to sort of have that clout. Yeah. So if, exactly. it, if this was, yeah, if this was Bill Belichick getting rid of, you know, a star player, um, a quarterback that's won six Super Bowls, maybe. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to question that because it's Bill Belichick, and he has the he has the reputation. He has the you know um, not qualifications, but he has the he has the track record of you know this is Bill Belichick. He knows what he's doing. Bill O'Brien doesn't have that, so I don't know. I think everyone around the league is scratching their heads on that one. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah, a weird time and. I mean that's that's one day in. Fredgy hasn't actually yeah. opened, does it? Till Wednesday. It's just the the legal tampering period or whatever they call it. So exactly. Yeah, there's um, ball to come. Have, yeah, we we have there have been instances of people uh, of these uh these deals during legal tampering falling through. So if I'm if I'm thirty of the other teams, I'm ringing Bill O'Brien now and saying, hey, you got a second? No, you got a, you got yeah, you got a second and David Johnson. I'll give you, you know, a second, a third, and a ham sandwich, and you know, possibly you might end up with with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think that's the weirdest thing about it. I don't know why they've rushed into the decision. <laughs> there, there's plenty of time to make the move and get more for him. I just, yeah, I just don't see it. No, and then the the Stephon, the Stephon Diggs trade a few hours later. You know, they got four odd picks for him. They got a first round. You know, of, what was it a first, a fourth, fifth, and another fourth, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you know, in retrospect, it just makes it look even worse. Yeah. Pretty much every deal that came in after yesterday made it look <laughs> worse. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Could talk forever about Bill O'Brien, but uh, yeah, got to get into this CBA stuff, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. So some big changes coming on. What Sunday was it? It got announced that it had been agreed. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. the headlines are 17-game season um, and expanded playoffs, but there's plenty of other sort of little bits in there, isn't there? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. well, should we start with that 17-game season? Um, my first thought was that basically all the records are going to be smashed. Mahomes gets an extra decade with an extra game a season, or whoever it might sure. be, maybe Burrow, who knows? But all these young quarterbacks get an extra, extra decade or more with an extra game. So, I mean... What, what, is, do we just throw the record books out now, or do they just carry on and get smashed? Well, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because the, the so the seventeenth game won't be this year. Yes, twenty twenty one, isn't it, or two? Yeah, so it can be implemented after uh, or for the twenty twenty one season. And sort of looking at those single season records, to me, there's there's really there's really only three, maybe four, but probably three that could be broken. Um, 
in you know the next couple of years. And I think the the big one or the one with the most prestige is probably the single season uh, passing record. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we had uh, the, the record belongs to Peyton Manning, who went for five. 5,477 yards in, in 2013. Um, uh, I think Drew Brees, about two years before, had 5,476 or something. Like, whatever it was, it's, it's not a, a particularly big margin. Uh, and so we had James Winston led the league last year with 5,109. Now, you project that to 17 games, and he still doesn't quite break the record. He's about 50 yards short. And uh, Pat Mahomes last year, again, you know, an injury played. Uh, season for Pat Mahomes, but if you uh, project his stats from his healthy games, he probably ends up about 5,300. So it's not exactly going to be a super easy record to break. But like you said, you know, you're, you're Pat Mahomes, you're giving him an extra season, sorry, an extra game. He's still growing into the into his game. I think he said during this off season that he only started learning how to read defenses. Yeah. in the second half of this year. Scary as a, an AFC yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. So, you know, I think that one, I think Pat Mahomes definitely has the best chance to break that in the next couple of years. But again, it just goes to show, you know, quite how historic that uh, Broncos offense was under Peyton Manning. Uh, and, and, you know, the Saints under Drew Brees as well. It, it, it's crazy. Um, I think the, the, the second one, or the easiest one to break, is going to be the, the passing record, probably. So... Peyton Manning again, 2013, has the record with 55 touchdowns. Uh, Brady had 50 in 2007, and Mahomes again had 50 in 2018. So, you know, same thing for Mahomes. You're giving him an extra game. His game is a lot better now than it was, you know, in essentially what it was his rookie year in 2018. I know he sat on the bench for a year. Yeah, his first as a starter, though, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably the first one I expect to go. Um, the third one, actually, maybe 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 the the touchdowns is the second one to go. The third one I see falling um, is the the one um, I see as a repeat, as a record holder repeat, and that's going to be Michael Thomas. Yeah. So yeah, last season he sets the receptions record with 149. You know, you add another game into that, he stay, he stays healthy. You know, you're looking at you know, one one fifty nine, one sixty, something like that. Um, you know, and that that could that could fall in the first year, to me. He's 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 that good. Yeah. Giving him an extra year of development and an extra game. That's that's crazy. And I think these sort of records are the sort of ones that, when it's sort of six games to go or so, and they're sort of in in reach, they're the sort of ones they try and uh, try and get yeah. to, aren't they? Sort of force mm-hmm. it a little bit. Unless unless you're Adrian Peterson in two thousand twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the Russian record I don't think ever is going to be broken. No, uh, you know you had Eric Dixon in in the eighties, I think eighty four, you know two thousand one hundred five, and no one has has come close to that. Uh, you know, apart from Adrian Peterson in two thousand twelve, I think he needed like seven more yards or something. There's, uh, there's just not enough offenses that are run first anymore, is there, for that sort of record to uh, to tackle. Exactly. Exactly. There's been a fundamental change. It's a passing league. No no running backs get the amount of carries, really. So I think Derrick Henry last year led the league in rushing attempts and rushing yards as well. And even if you pulled out his stats from last year into 17 games, uh, he's still 
he, he would still need at least another 90 rushing attempts to, to even you know sniff that record. So that, that one's staying put, I think. Do you think that things like thousand yard seasons are going to lose a bit of prestige, or will they just still be a sort of milestone for them to reach? Uh, it's a good question. It's a very good question. I think you got to assume more people are going to do it now, haven't you? Each year, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, maybe just take a little bit of the prestige away, but still, I think to to reach a thousand uh, yard season receiving, you need what like sixty a game, something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sixty, sixty-five, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to come down now to, to significantly less than that. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but, yeah, you're probably right. It's going to lose a little bit of the prestige, but, you know, that's that's what they you know, build contracts on, how yeah. many thousand yard seasons have you had. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing, that. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's going to be weird to see how it plays out um, with it. But, I mean, what I couldn't believe was that part of the agreement, they haven't added an extra buy. I thought for sure it was going to be 17 games... Yeah. Two buys each, sort of nineteen week season, because well, it's just another week that it's on TV and another week of cash. So I thought that made sense, but yeah, it seems like it's just one buy. Do you think we'll see more injuries, or do you think it will just be sort of teams resting players a bit more? I mean, exactly. You, you hit it on the head. It's it's crazy, and it is. It does come down to a money thing. So there was the NFL did try two buy weeks about twenty or thirty years ago. Um, they trialed it for one season, and for whatever reason, they didn't think it worked. <clears throat> um, but to add another buy and another game, you're extending. You're basically extending the season there by two weeks, and adding one extra game. So it, it makes zero sense to anybody why they wouldn't have gone for that. But, Especially um, in this sort of era when they're just trying to get as like maximise sort of when they're on TV, basically, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, and you would think so. They're they're negotiating the TV deals, um, you know, in the, in the upcoming weeks or coming months. You would think, oh yeah, add another buy, extend the extend the league by an extra week. You know, it seems like a no-brainer. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think there'll be something that comes out about that um, that maybe sort of clears the air on that a little bit. But um, in terms of injuries, adding the extra game, no doubt was going to you know increase the risk of injury. Um, what adding the extra buy would have done, it would have given you an extra chance for your players to get healthy. It would have given um, your players an extra chance to come back from IR, say if they were on a you know six-game IR and they were you know scheduled to return, um, and you know we really would have just once you get to playoff time, it's gonna certainly gonna help you know keep the quality of the game high. So I'm not sure. I, I really don't agree with not putting a second buy in whatsoever. To me, it's a win for everyone a second buy. So yeah, it doesn't really make a ton of sense why they wouldn't do that. I think I mean they've sort of said the second buy is. They're not playing that fourth um, preseason game, but to me, it doesn't make tons of sense because most of these players aren't playing much in the preseason anyway, are they? The ones that sort of really count. Well, sure, in in under the current CBA, yeah, but in this CBA, if you've only got three games to get yeah. ready for the season, you know, probably going to end up more star players are going to play more in the preseason of anything. Yeah, and true. You're gonna, yeah, and you're going to have less opportunities for you know your undrafted rookies. Or your your fourth, fifth, sixth round picks to you know make the team and make a make an impact in the first year. So yeah, sure, getting rid of a preseason game on paper looks great, but I think when once it actually starts to happen, I think you'll feel, you'll you'll hear a lot of blowback from the players on that. Yeah, it feels like something that could get changed pretty quickly. The whole sort of buy situation <laughs> and preseason, but yeah, it'd be interesting how that one plays out. 
Um, yep. One of the other interesting things I thought of from it is the uh, drug policy. I think they're not testing for weed anymore, are they? And do you yeah. think that will do you think that will affect players? Well, to me, I've, I imagine there'll be players that have been bumped down <laughs> to draft boards that probably won't be anymore because there's not really that risk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's so for me, there's there's sort of two two parts to this. Um, one is what you just mentioned: those players that were you know maybe dropping down draft boards. You know, they're probably coming right back up now. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I know yeah. the upcoming draft classes no. drug histories off the top of my head. Um, but you know, the the infamous example is is Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Um, under the new CBA, he probably doesn't drop down as far as he did. Uh, and then the the second part, the uh, drug suspensions. So there's not going to be any drug suspend. There's not going to be any suspensions for drugs. Um, and again, you've got your you know your Josh Gordons, your Martavis Bryant's, your Randy Gregory's. Under the new CBA, these guys aren't uh, receiving bans. Um, I'm not entirely sure. It's not entirely clear just yet how the new sort of drug testing is going to work. Um, so like the NHL, they test for all these things, but if they get a positive test back, you know, and it's something recreational, they go to the player themselves. They completely bypass the team ownership. They go to the player and offer, you know, rehab or whatever to the yeah. player. And that never makes it back to the team. So are the NFL going to do something like that? I'm not sure. Um, but what is clear is that those players, you your your Josh Gordon's, your Martavis Bryant's, um, just because they in the new CBA they're not suspended doesn't mean that they're automatically reinstated. Yeah. So they have to yeah, they have to go to the you have to they have to go through um the NFL's, you know, uh disciplinary proceedings as usual and try and apply for reinstatement. So it's it's gonna be interesting. The next couple of months is sort of training camps excuse me, as the the draft and the training camps sort of ramp up. I think Randy Gregory has already said that he's he's applying for reinstatement. So yeah, it would be interesting. It'd be good to see some of those players. Yeah, definitely. There's a yeah, there's a few players out there that, I mean, not careers ruined necessarily because I mean they didn't have to do it, but and they knew they knew they were going to be interested for it. But with this, it sort of changes a lot for a lot of them players, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah with, it's hard. It's hard to really know because we just don't know the finer details of it. I mean, do you remember the name Justin Blackman? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. He, I, I can't remember where he was drafted by the Jags, but he had that one incredible season, and then uh, he's been indefinitely suspended, probably about seventeen times. Yeah. So that you know, it. yeah, maybe we don't get those uh, sad stories anymore. Yeah, I mean that could only be a good thing, especially if they are helping players as well. Because I mean, players like Josh Gordon, it wasn't just the drugs, was it? I think there was a bit more yeah. stuff there. Yeah. So hopefully they do keep giving him help, and it's not just uh, just let him get on with it, but. I can't assume, I can't imagine it would be, but say so we'll see how that plays out. Um, yeah. The other big, uh, other big thing was increased rosters and uh, increased game day rosters. So we're getting what two more players on both of them. Yep, yep. So one of them, you have to have at least eight offensive linemen now. Yeah, is that correct? I think yeah. I think it is eight. So, yeah. Yeah. So again, to me, this is kind of a something that looks nice on paper. So for me, this is, oh, yeah, players, we're going to extend the season to 17 games. But guess what? You can have an extra couple of players on your team you know, to manage those risks and injuries and whatnot. Um, it's, it's not something – you're still going to have your inactive, your inactive players on game days. So you're still going to have five inactive players. 
I'm just not entirely sure that this is going to have that much of an impact whatsoever no. to, to the game itself, to those players who will be getting, you know, game checks they wouldn't normally have gotten. Yeah, great for the players. But in terms of the actual on-field product, um, I'm, I don't really see where the impact is going to be. Yeah, because there's plenty of players that are active on game day and don't even see a snap for not pretty exactly. much the whole season anyway, isn't there? Exactly, exactly. So, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see how that works out. Yeah, so it's... I've never really understood the uh, inactive thing. Like if they're healthy, just let them be on the sidelines because, I mean, it can only help with player safety if uh, they need it. But, yeah, it doesn't really make tons of sense to me. Seems like a bit of an old-fashioned rule, but... Yeah, yeah, it, it came from... It came from, like you said, it's an old-fashioned rule. An old-fashioned rule. It came from a game, I think probably in the 80s, in the 70s or 80s, when a team was trying to uh, disguise, like, who they were bringing onto the pitch or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not a very accurate description, but it's something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, I hear I hear about a team trying to skirt the rules, and I just automatically assume it's the Patriots. <laughs> so it was probably the Patriots. It's probably the Titans now, after uh, <laughs> after the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They're, they're the no kids on the block going through the rule book. Um, well, hey, man, he learned it from Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, true. Learned from the best, and uh, he's sort exactly. of overtaken him now, which is a shame. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of the other big things as well was uh, like the holdouts. I mean, there's increased fines and um, it, it's basically just harder for these players to hold out a season like uh, Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon both did. I think, I can't remember what the actual numbers were, but basically for the accrued season that Lev Bell had that time, it basically wouldn't have happened under this new CBA. Do, yeah. Do you think they'll just be non-existent other holdouts or do you think we'll still get them? I think we'll still get them, but it's gonna it's gonna change a lot. Yeah. So so the holdouts, I think the holdouts and the extra games were probably the the biggest sticking points uh, for the veteran players. Yeah. Um, and then to me, the holdout one is, I mean, the seventeenth game that's its own that's its own thing, but the the holdouts and the accrued season to me is the is the most ridiculous change that there's, that that there's been. So under the old CBA. You know, teams had like your voluntary workouts, and then you had sort of mandated sections of the off-season program as well. Um, the vol- the voluntary ones, most vet players will skip, uh, and you don't really hear too much about that. It's usually, you know, I think Larry Fitzgerald skipped the voluntary, you know, last season because he was yeah. working out with, you know, his team, uh, wherever Larry Fitzgerald is from. Yeah, I think the teams just trust them to do their own thing and sort of come back healthy, don't they? Exactly. But the the holdouts on the mandated sections that's that's where you know Zeke Elliott is going to Carbo. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's where a player who is awaiting a new contract or maybe has just been franchise tagged, that's one of their only uh, bargaining chips that they have. And previously, yeah, you were a player was fined, but the team very rarely sort of collected, you know, the cash. It was sort of a, there was sort of like an understanding about it. Yeah. But now, as, as we understand it, that section of the off-season program, um, those fines are going to be mandatory. So you have to find those players. And the biggest thing is what you mentioned at the beginning. If you are a player with five years of experience and you miss a single training session, then you, you lose an accrued season. Yeah, that's huge, that, isn't it? Yeah, that is absolute madness. So... Not only the NFL adding an extra game to the season, um, which you know is is has an increased risk of injury anyway, 
you're now removing one of the player's primary abilities to negotiate, you know, those better, bigger, more guaranteed contracts that, you know, they use to protect themselves against the increased risk of injury that comes with adding a 17th yeah. game. So yeah. it's, it's, it's insanity that, I mean, knowing being a Steelers fan, knowing, you know, Marquise Pouncey, you know, personally, you know, him and I, you know, DM all the time. <laughs> that, <laughs> that mini sort of Instagram rant he went on, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, mostly focused on that. It's, it's just, it's, it's mental. Yeah. So it's, it's basically one of the few things they actually have that they can use to negotiate with, isn't it? That well, exactly, you don't yeah. me, I'm not going to turn up. And yeah, it's basically been taken away from it. It seems a weird one for them to agree with, but I guess the problem is it only really affects a handful of players a season, maybe, if that. So that's what yep. I guess it's hard for most people. It's never really going to be a sort of big thing. So it's hard for them to vote that down because of that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, uh, Damar Smith and Eric Winston, who was the ex-NFLPA president, <clears throat> um, they've been trying to get the players to sign this CBA, uh, you know, as soon as they could for, for a long time because they sort of, they thought that this football sort of economic downturn was coming, you know, citing declining attendance at games, declining viewership, uh, and also that players would have sort of less leverage to make these negotiations, you know, next year. Because obviously if they decline the CBA this year, then, you know, they still have a year to play. If they decline the CBA next year, then, you know, they all lose out on an entire season of earnings. Um, And, you know, the owners are in such a better position to negotiate these things, and they're in such a better position to survive a work stoppage that... um, you know the the NFL uh, PA president was of the mind. Yeah, let's sign this through. Let's get it through. Let's get it through. And then, you know, coronavirus is it's the biggest work stoppage in sports. You know, we, have, we haven't really seen anything like this since sort of I don't know World War Two probably. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Really. Yeah, and I don't think you can sort of underestimate <clears throat> how. Um, how you know the M- the NBA, the NHL, MLB, you know, all shut and shop. I don't think you can, you can underestimate how much that impacted um, players voting in the eleventh hour. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in the CBA that I look at. And I think, wow, that's that's crazy. But at the same time, when you look at it in sort of the larger context of everything, you're like, I, I guess I can understand it. Yeah. But it, it passed it passed 1019 to 959. Yeah, it was a so, close one. So, you know, 60 odd votes and 500 players didn't even vote. So it's it's kind of I don't know. I do think they'll regret it, but you know, hey, we get we get football again. So hooray. Yeah. I was surprised there wasn't just a bit more, I guess it's been going backwards with the voice but I was surprised this one didn't sort of get shot down with just a few tweaks or if, even if it wasn't much, just a few little bits cuz yeah, it's a few bits I'm surprised I have agreed to, but as you say, I guess the big benefits are for the lower earning players and there's more of them than there are the top ones. So exactly, I, guess yeah. it, I guess it makes sense on that front. Exactly, yeah. The majority of players, their career is less than three years. If you can, you know, add an extra 90 or, you know, 100k to your players on the, you know, rookie wage scales, if you can add that, you know, yeah, you, you've got no reason not to vote for it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the sort of interesting points, I guess, more than sort of the key points, was there's no more than ten international games per season from 2020 to 2025. 
I mean, that basically rules out a franchise being here until 25 because although it's unlikely, you would have to have a um, you could have a maximum of 11 home games. So, I mean, do you think that's indicating that 2026 is the time they're targeting a franchise if it's going to happen? Because, I mean, to me, it's quite a specific time frame, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. It's it's oddly specific. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't think of any other reason why. So from yeah, from 2026, you have to think that's probably the target that they've got. Yeah. Um, but even with that, they would have to acknowledge uh, they would have to acknowledge a team fairly soon. So I think the the Houston Texans, their first season playing was 2002, yeah. but they had announced the team three years earlier yeah. in '99. So um, it's it's so specific. You have to think there's some sort of strategy behind that. Yeah, I don't think there's many other sort of points in the CBA that have like run for half the agreement. It doesn't really make tons exactly, of sense, yeah. does it? Yeah, no, not at all. So I, I actually sat on some NFL UK panels a, a few times, um, you know, going back 10 years, and they were throwing these ideas around even then. Um, but I, I got the impression then, and I still get the impression with the NFL now, is that they just don't quite know if they're going to be able to sell out, you know, Wembley or I guess I guess Spurs you know for like you said between 8 and you know maybe even 10 11 games a year and that's that's something they're going to have to figure out pretty quickly if like you said 2026 is maybe the target to, to get a team over here yeah for sure so it wouldn't be a big surprise if the next couple of years we see sort of, well, we've got 4 this year but that going up to sort of get on for 8 even if it doesn't quite reach the 8 just to sort of test it yeah, sure sure um, well, the final thing for the CBA and uh, something sort of specific to you, really, is the fantasy impact. Um, well, I mean, there's so many changes <laughs> going to come to fantasy football, isn't there? But, I mean, well, just let you go for it. What What are your thoughts on the fantasy football impact? Jeez. So, not even, not even thinking about the trades so far, because that's just going to send me into a, a whole other rant about Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Uh, the CBA is, itself has some pretty, you know, huge implications for fantasy football, you know, straight away. I think uh, Michael Thomas or, already called for uh, load management, you know, which is what they do in the NBA. Yeah. You know, hold players out of games or periods of the games where you know the game's already in hand. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to get, you know, to I don't think it's going to get that far in the NFL. But you know, you've got an extra regular season game, and you know, an extra. Uh, playoff game potentially so you have to think that team is going to be more cautious you know, with with their big stars so you know might we see more examples of Todd Gurley Malcolm Brown from last year where you know Todd Gurley is the number one but there are games where he only gets you know eight to ten uh, touches and Malcolm Brown is the workhorse back um, and then as, as sort of sick as it makes me feel as a Steelers fan you know it makes it makes the Browns look really good because now they've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt yeah. both in the fold. You know, either one of them could be... Uh, well, sorry, both of them have proved to be a running back one before, and now they've got both of them. Um, and I think the big one, the sort of the big change, so we're going to have a 17-game season over 18 weeks, because you factor in the bye week for each team. And fantasy football has had the championship game in week 16 for years, years and years. Does this change? Well... Yes, probably, but not straight away, I wouldn't think. Removing that second seed 
Uh, it's probably going to make the NFC more competitive, as you know historically you haven't had runaway number one and number two seeds. Yeah. But you know, when you get to the AFC, it's a little bit more interesting. So you know, you've got the Chiefs, you got the Browns. Uh, you know, in years past, you've had the Patriots, um, all sort of competing for that you know number one seed right to the end of the season. Now, you either get say Kansas or, or the Ravens running away with the with the first seed, you know, in next year, um, and you know maybe week eighteen, maybe even week seventeen become irrelevant. And again, you've got that sort of long-standing issue with fantasy football playoffs. Am I gonna have our playoff in that week when guess what, all star players are rested? So, I mean, it's it's an interesting uh, prospect. I, I do think that the fantasy football standard league is going to move to 17 games from 16. Um, but if, if anything, I, I expect that to take sort of a few years to become uh, the norm or the standard, you know, like just like half point PPR in yeah. the last you know, year or two has now become like the standard format for, for fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it'll take, I think it'll take a while, but I think that's, that's definitely where we're headed. Um, but I mean, more fantasy football, not a bad thing, right? Yeah, it's another week, isn't it? Of yeah, fancy, exactly. which can only be good, really. But yeah, it's uh, going to cause more headaches for sure. Yeah, well, well, we'll see what it's like this year, next year, and then I think probably most teams will, you know, give it, most leagues will probably give it a year, see what kind of happens, and and then make a change. But but no, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and so just back to that thing, it might see more times when. Um, teams sort of get up or get down and pull their starters from the game. I think it might just become a little bit more common. So we see it sometimes, but it's pretty rare, isn't it, really, in the NFL these days that sort of starters get pulled unless it's a real blowout. But Yeah, exactly. But so we might see teams sort of more willing to do that if uh, just to sort of save that little bit of sort of hurt on them. Yeah, and it was, it was interesting. Like a, a really good example of that would have been the Raiders. So they have Derek Carr, and then you know I saw that they uh, re-signed Nathan Peterman, and you know that is just that's just a quarterback that you want to get on the pitch. Like that is such a a fun, ridiculous, absolute bonkers you know quarter that you would get would just yeah. be so much fun. Yeah. But you know now they've gone and signed, or they're apparently about to sign Marcus Mariota. So you know I need more Nathan Peterman in my life. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, well. We've got a listener question. I'll just jump to that. Um, so it's uh, about the CBA. It says, uh, what do you make of the new playoff system? So it's going to be expanding to, what, seven teams in each conference, just one bye week. I mean, to me, I think it's a good thing. It's uh, You're getting more playoff football, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think a lot of the sort of blowback, um, a lot of the blowback to this was, oh, you know, we shouldn't let bad teams in the playoffs. Add in, you know, a seventh seed, to AFC and NFC is going to let bad teams in the playoffs. And although that's a lot of people's first reaction, it's it's not true. Was it it's Steelers really and Rams last year? It would have been, wouldn't it? It would have been, yeah. And the Steelers mm. would have been absolutely decimated in the playoffs, and that would have been very painful to watch. <laughs> so I'm quite glad. But the Rams were sort of surging a bit, weren't they? They had a chance to sort of knock someone off. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so I was looking back at the last couple of years, and the 07 Browns, uh, 2010 Giants, 2012 Bears and Eagles in 2014 are all teams who missed the playoffs despite having a 10-6 and 6 record. Yeah. 
And then obviously the the big one is the Patriots in 2008. Um, didn't make the playoffs despite going 11 and five. Yeah, shouldn't so, have you know, it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So only only 25 percent of the seventh seeded teams uh, last year have been uh, at 500. So only 25 percent of them have been at eight and eight. Everyone else has been nine and seven, ten and six. That odd eleven and five. So, like you said, it's it's more player football. I don't think the quality of the game is going to suffer as much as people initially think it is going to uh, going to suffer. So I'm just looking forward to Wildcard Weekend, where we get like you know an extra two games. It's going to be great. Yeah, I assume it's going to be three games on each day, and I mean that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Basically, that yeah. full schedule and running all the way through for what eleven hours a day. Exactly, it's going to be wonderful. So you know, it's just a boomer. It's a boomer response. Oh, don't change something that I will have to you know learn new rules about. It's fine. It's going to be good. I've seen people complain as well about the um, uh, just one team getting the buy, sort of making it almost too valuable. But to me, the, the first seed should be that valuable. Uh, it should. It's the second seed. I don't think should necessarily get that buy. Uh, I think winning the sort of conference or having the best record in the conference, sorry, should get you uh, extra benefits that the second doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of the time it's, you know, that annoying team again, the Patriots. The the entire league has been set up to so that you know teams can go from first place to last place each year yeah. through the draft, through the salary cap, and the, the Patriots have just been, you know, I'm not going to say they've been gifted the. Uh, AFC East, AFC. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just had a, a bit of a, a mind freeze there. <laughs> Horrible um, when that happens. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying that they've been gifted. You know, you know that that the the you know the the high seed every year. Um, but maybe with Tom Brady, maybe fingers crossed, leaving. Maybe <laughs> that just becomes a little bit more competitive again. And you know, it, the whole thing's cyclical. So, you know, maybe this is. Kansas City's time to be the number one seed for the next couple of years. Maybe it's the Ravens. Maybe it's, you know, we all know it's definitely going to be the Steelers as the number one seed for the next, you know, five, six years. But, you know, I think I think you're right. That being the number one uh, seed should have much more of a you know, prestige to it and, you know, much more of a reward to it than, you know, the second, third, fourth seed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really see, I don't really see the, the big sort of deal with, with that. It's going to be interesting because it's going to keep those, you know, week 17 week 18 games you know still competitive in most cases um i think it's just it's going to be fun yeah you know, change isn't necessarily bad no, to me it keeps more teams um in the running for longer and it makes every game more important if you are worried about that first seed then every loss matters even more like it does enough anyway so it just makes it even more valuable that regular season which, exactly yeah, I, yeah. A, a lot of the other americans what struggle with that don't know where there's so many games that I mean, the NFL, you've only got 17, well, 17 games now. Yeah. You need to make them as important as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the, the right approach to, to take with it. It's not it's not basketball where you've got like 700 games a season or baseball where you've probably got double that. Yeah. Um, you know, this this taking the second buy, the second seed buy away, again, like you said, just makes the games that much more important. And um, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, have you got anything else you want to do uh, talk about with the CBA? Um, I mean, I, I could, I could literally spend the next sort of <laughs> two hours ranting about this. 
and you know if i'm honest i really want to get back to twitter and see what sort of crazy ass things have happened <laughs> yeah uh, that, bill sure. that bill o'brien's done whilst we've been recording this Sorry. I'll, I'll, uh, I still think he'll be in for todd Gurley when he finds out the rams are <laughs> up for trading him i mean god maybe maybe i saw i saw someone on the steelers subreddit say oh yeah let's uh, let's we just cut mark baron like oh yeah let's re-sign mark baron and send him to the texans for jj watt and then we can have the <laughs> watt brothers yeah that'd, that'd be nice that's, that sounds like a great time <laughs> for sure um well i guess that brings us to an end so it went on a bit longer than we planned but that was basically tom brady's fault um who exactly. i apparently now hate um I, that, that can never happen <laughs> I, i'll always love tom but you know he's hurt me badly but um yeah. well so you got this podcast coming? Enough, enough good times, again. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's given me enough good stuff now. Now we can go on to Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston and really <laughs> go through the bad times. Um, yeah, yeah, should be interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not not convinced quite yet that it will be interesting, but we'll see. Um, well, you so say you got your podcast going. Um, where can people follow you on Twitter so they can uh, subscribe to that as soon as you uh, get that out? Uh, so we're at FF Empire, Fantasy Football Empire. Make, make sure you go and uh, give that a follow. And got anything else you want to plug? Any uh, anything else? <laughs> uh, no, I just want to say again: if you are in the Houston area, go to the Texans facilities, find Bill O'Brien, and just you know lock him in a lock him in a room somewhere. Just don't let him communicate with any more teams. <laughs> so. But then, what will we have to talk about on these podcasts if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien? <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Uh, well, um, you can follow us. We're at first and ten underscore on Facebook. Um, I'm sorry, on Twitter and uh, first and ten on Facebook. So yeah, give them a follow. Um, we'll be back tomorrow um, with all the latest from free agency. Probably find out where Tom has actually gone. Um, probably find out Rivers are signed with the Colts. Oh, could you imagine that? Oof. He's, he's going to back up Big Ben. I think that might be the worst outcome for me now. I thought about it. <laughs> oh God, no, can't see him in that. I'd, I'll take the charges, I suppose. I don't know. No, I'm not happy. It's not going to be right seeing him in any uniform, but yeah, <laughs> I can talk about that tomorrow when it actually happens, and I've done crying about it. But So, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. It was uh, yeah, really good fun. Yeah, my, absolutely my pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>